Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Splash Play. We have week 14 in the books. Hopefully, Spags, hopefully you are not facing Derrick Henry or Travis Kelsey. Otherwise, your fantasy season is over. No, and I, that's what we're here for. The people who did face those people and are now here to lick their wounds. Bad news for you guys. We had a good week this week. I, actually, Pete and I didn't talk about this at all. Pete, did you have a good week this week? No, I had one of my worst weeks oh. of the year. <laughs> It's got to be better than last week because you know what else we have, Pete? We have the waiver wire snake draft. We have stat shaming. We have Josh Jacobs also shaming us as fantasy managers. We have the ride or die picks for for the Ravens-Browns game tomorrow. Big AFC North battle. So Pete, stall while I put up the intro. That's what I do. I'm always here to stall. Josh Jacobs gave us the middle finger, and now we're ready to give it back. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Splash Play, one where, I swear, before the season ends, I'm going to perfectly nail the timing on the intro. That's going to be my personal goal for these last few weeks, but I'm Chris Spaggs, joined once again by my friend and yours. You know him on social media as at Peter Overzet. In real life, he's Peter Overzet. How are you doing, Pete? You know, this, this was like... It was one of my worst weeks of the year, and I think, though, more because it was like a blue balls kind of thing where I, I was really heavy on the Seahawks, and so the first half was just going awesome, and then when you're, like, bubbling all these tournaments, and then DK Metcalf and Russell Wilson don't play in the fourth quarter, uh, it was I was very angry. It's, you know, there's always going to be somebody to be angry about every week here, unless you win those five figure to six figure, maybe even seven figure paydays. But that's life here on Splash Play. So, guys, we're just like you out there. So make sure you hit that like button and subscribe and and give us those five stars and a review because, you know, Pete, you know, as much as I do that it's hard to keep the flame going in our relationship. And really, these iTunes slash Apple podcast reviews are what keep the spark going in our love. Yeah, you know, sometimes we can come off of a bad week and come on here and bicker with each other. You know, one of us will have to go sleep on the couch. Uh, but the one thing that can always smooth things over is if we pull up that iTunes page and see that there's other people in our life who appreciate our relationship and what we have together. So please remind us of what we have here so I can stop sleeping on the couch. And there's no reminder quite like uh, the other people's judgment. <laughs> like That's the really the thing you look for in normal relationships and podcast relationships. That's the the justifying character. But uh, and also follow at Splash Play Pod. Uh, we're following back the first thousand people on both Twitter and Instagram. So make sure you help us out and uh, and really join the community here that we have of, of our regulars. We start to know them all by name or at least by avatar. You can be part of that community and, and get a free follower out of the process at Splash Play Pod. But Pete, right now, Sunday Night Football underway so we should talk really fast about that Josh Allen bright lights on him I'm waiting to tweet the meme of of the guy at the party the lonely guy at the party being like uh like I these people just figured out Josh Allen is good this season except Pete I can't post the fucking meme because he's terrible today against Pittsburgh oh man nothing nothing like having a pre-planned social media post and you know real life not allowing you to get it off you just got to keep it in the drafts and save it for the right time 
It's it's one of those things for me, like my, my girlfriend works in social media. She does uh, a lot of the Fox primetime shows, the reality ones in particular. And um, she's had, you know, it's, it's a tough process when you're doing those shows because you're putting out so much output where like we, we go, we, Pete and I discuss like the amount of clips we're going to put out in a given week. And they're doing 20 clips for the, the latest masked reality show that they're doing where somebody sings or dances or performs otherwise. And I feel like that's sort of, one of these situations where that we're coming across now with Josh Allen, where, you know, I, I want to put that out there because I want to be the guy I've, I've been hipster Josh Allen fan for a while. And yeah, and he's and this is the night this is a night for him and he's getting killed. Yeah, I remember even last year when I went on on the contrary mm-hmm. at Osmo and you were hosting like Josh Allen was like a bit. It was like is Spags going to talk about playing Josh Allen this week. That was your guy. Yeah, and this this week it has not been good though. The the Bills themselves seem to be acquitting themselves. Just got a defensive touchdown here as we record right before halftime on Sunday Night Football. But but Pete, it's kind of an ugly game so far. I thought James Conner might have a better showing based on the numbers, based on the fact that uh, the the Bills defense pretty weak against the run. But really nobody jumping out so far to me, Pete. But for your naked eye in the Sunday Night Football game, anything jumping out meaningfully? I was so tilted. I was so tilted that I didn't even tilt enter showdown contests. I went and folded laundry and did dishes that had been uh, piling up. Uh, the only thing I caught was everyone on Twitter tilting uh, Deontay Johnson drops, and apparently he's been like benched. Has he mm-hmm. been back in the game since? I, I haven't been paying close enough attention to see him if he's running routes, but um, he did have another drop. He's one of the league leaders in drops, which is kind of a surprise given you know how good he's been fantasy-wise, and especially when he came back with Chase Claypool having the big start. He kind of took a lot away, but I don't think he's getting regular snaps at least, and James Washington did catch a touchdown running, a, I believe, a Deontay route, so... It's not looking great, but weird time for the Steelers to flex on him when this has been Johnson all year and like, you know, you kind of got to accept the good with the bad. Yeah, it kind of goes both ways, though, because they are so deep at wide receiver that they can be like, hey, I guess we'll just put in James Washington. who's probably like the best fourth wide receiver in the NFL. So uh, I guess uh, Deontay Johnson has to be careful. It's also weird because. It'd be one thing if like Chase Claypool had a bunch of drops because he gets targets further down the field, but Deontay Johnson gets all these quick hitters. It's like those should be the easy ones to catch. So this is a very deep cut, like, and this is like me, I think, embracing Pete. We've done shows for so long. This is how your brain thinks. But I feel like this expression just popped to mind, and I want to see if it sparks anything for you, where uh, one man's James Washington is another man's David Moore. How does that feel to you? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Uh, the funny thing is, is I actually had David Moore in some of my uh, Russell Wilson lineups. Um, but yeah, he, uh, you know, the thing is, is uh, Russell Wilson's a little bit more of an efficient passer than, uh, than Josh Allen, you know, not to slander your guy, but uh, yeah, sometimes these, these rando wide receivers like MVS, they can get there. I like how you said that Josh Allen is the reason that James Washington. <laughs> Oops, I mean, Big Ben. Yeah, <laughs> Big Ben is like, as he throws the pick six that you just referenced, he he might be washed. He might yes. be washed. He, he, uh, this team has been good all year, and, and they might be, you know, the phrase paper tiger always pops to mind a lot for me, but I feel like for Pittsburgh, for them having even had a shot, the outside of outside shots to go undefeated, like they might be the paper tiger of them all where they just blitz a lot, and that's great against teams that are bad, but as they face more of the Bills type teams or just really teams, teams that are competent Kansas city. I mean, my God, it's going to be, I think not great for them. Like I feel like they're going to get exposed pretty fast. Yeah. And I've seen like a strain of, uh, Steelers Twitter, like talking shit, like, yeah, we're better than the Steeler or uh, the chiefs. Let's just see what happens come playoff time. And I'm like, 
I don't think you guys want to see what happens when you play the Chiefs because I'm pretty sure they'll boat race you. Yeah, they're playing for that that 15% outcome where, you know, they they blitz a lot and Mahomes kind of does like he did against Miami today. But but even that, you know, Miami did not hang in long term and that, that tends to be the way it goes against guys like Mahomes. But we can talk about more real life ramifications. But now it's time to talk about the fantasy ramifications of week 14. And, and guys, make sure you hit that like button and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. Listen on Apple Podcasts. Five stars and review like we talked about. Keeps a spark in Pete and my podcast relationship but week 14 once again Pete last week I was a little more tilted so I was kind of I don't know cynical towards millionaire maker winner but but once again 14 and 0 is what we are as a podcast nobody can disprove this point as I say it out loud I have the microphone I have many pop filters in front of me um people can't discredit that 40 Fortner once again our 14th millionaire maker winner we've won people Pete over 14 million dollars this year it's incredible. It's incredible. I saw this lineup earlier and I recognized 40 Fortner. Um, one of the people who've left iTunes review commenters. I mean, uh, I believe they were in the running to win the signed uh, card of the man whose name I'm forgetting right Arnie now. Weinmeister, Ar- 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 Arnie Weinmeister, of course. Arnie Weinmeister. How could I forget a legend? Uh, so yeah, to see him, you know, take this down, uh, it's humbling. And, you know, I'm still waiting for them to tag us on Twitter, you know, that's kind of something people do when they win. Um, but, you know, we'll still support someone who has supported us. Yeah, 40 Fortner, the first person on our OnlyFans, always sending us messages being like, hey, like, you got to show some nip. But it's like, no, we're, we're giving out picks on our OnlyFans. And then, no, it's just, he's always about the nip. That's the thing with 40 Fortner. <laughs> we all know. I feel like Pete, I don't know if you want to get an OnlyFans trouble here, but OnlyFans, uh, that's that's a new strip club. That's what we're saying here in the on, online here. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, I mean, we got to talk about this lineup a little bit here. Read it off, and then I have some thoughts. Okay, so the the lineup, the more important part here, 40 Fortner again, the Millionaire Maker winner, who's one of our listeners, Derek Carr, Derek Carr uh, at, the, at the QB. I always feel like I'm saying the wrong card. David Carr popping back up on media a lot more, but his brother Derek, a far better pro football quarterback, Derek Carr stacked. Uh, in this lineup here with Nelson Aguilar. Nelson Aguilar makes the Millionaire Maker. That's the main stack here, Pete. How do you feel about it? Coming off the week, too, last week, Darren Waller, part of the Millionaire Maker winner. Yeah, this is actually like the least offensive thing to me about this entire lineup. I mean, uh, Aguilar had 215 air yards last week. Like he's been getting uh, used a lot and it's just been, you know, kind of their de facto number one, uh, especially in games where Waller gets the clamps on him. So this, that part made sense to me, but as you will continue to read, things start to unravel. So two chalk running backs, which I think were guys that uh, you might have maybe not played enough. And I think part of the reason you don't play enough is because of the the space that that we are in, that Pete and I do shows in every week where you, you nickel and dime these guys every week. But Pete, if you were to look on paper, Derrick Henry and David Montgomery were two of the best plays this week relative to volume, relative to matchup and all that stuff. They came through in a big way here for 40 Fortner. Yeah, and I I guess there's no problem with that uh, because you're going to get unique elsewhere. It's just the fact, as you will say here, that they played the teammates of both of these guys as well. Uh, which generally is, you know, it's a very simple negative correlation. Anytime Derrick Henry is scoring or touching the ball, A.J. Brown can't touch it. Anytime David Montgomery touches it, Allen Robinson can't. And uh, it happened to work out here. 
Here's how you can tell that Pete's doing his research. He's spoiling the rest of the lineup, but you're right. A.J. Brown in this lineup, as well as Allen Robinson, two teammates. And then uh, rounding out the trio is Nelson Aguilar at, at wide receiver. And then at tight end, Mike Gesicki. And then the other flex position, this is another thing that optimizers probably won't give you a lot because a lot of people won't allow tight ends in that main you know, in that main lineup they're building for the main slate and the flex position. Tyler Eifert, 4.2 fantasy points. So 420, a nice number here for Tyler Eifert. But this could have actually been a better lineup, which is one thing we've talked about before, Pete. Pisses me off to no end. If he had played fucking whatever, I'm trying to think, uh, Alshon Jeffrey. Hamler? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hamler, he would have gone nuts. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey, if he had played uh, Chris Herndon, like there could have been many better plays here. But this is what wins it, Tyler Eifert. Yeah, and I would I would love to actually uh, see how many people in the Millie Maker played Henry and AJ Brown and David Montgomery and Allen Robinson. Like that combination itself, the two sets of teammates with no bringbacks. I bet he might have been the only person in the entire contest to do that. And sometimes when you're living in the mid range, there um, you just see these guys punt off one spot, and he punted off Tyler Eifert in the flex, and he hit just the nuts everywhere else. We talk about Millie maker being like a nine leg parlay this week. It was an eight leg parlay. He, uh, he hit eight things perfectly and didn't need the ninth. And I think that's sort of the question I have, because we've seen this now happen enough where, you know, it's happened on some of the, the higher dollar tournaments with less entries where you've had the Adam Troutman zero point games that still get there. But Pete, is this where we are now with our with our lineup construction where because people are playing the most optimal lineups of those two man stacks, like for me this week, I only played one man stacks with a bring back because I was just like, I need to get different somehow as you know, we talked last week about uh, the shelling that Pete and I both took in our various lineups and um, you know, like I'm trying to get different with it, but but I'm wondering, like, is this sort of the move now where it's just like, hey, play the best guys, play the best. Don't worry about correlation except, you know, besides the bring back and that main stack. But then for your ninth guy, just play whatever asshole fits in there. And that's that sounds weird. But whatever asshole fits in there and hope it goes well. Yeah, I mean, it would be fascinating to talk to our listeners here and, uh, you know, pick their brain about how they arrived on these lineups. You know, sometimes we look at these lineups and I say, oh, yeah, I could maybe see myself making that one. I know for a fact I would look at this lineup and I would never I would play like David Montgomery and then someone on Houston. I would play, you know, A.J. Brown and then a uh, James Robinson on the other side. You know, I would I would work in those correlations. But Man, the double teammate, no bring back. I don't know uh, if that's a strategy you want to try to recreate at home. Yeah, it's one of those things where if you're trying to be profitable every week, you are trying to correlate as much as possible. And I know people, you know, a lot of the casual people out there who are trying to come in from your your season-long league against your high school friends that we talk a lot about on here, you know, it, you have to make some changes to your strategy to get better on a week-to-week basis. But but now it's to, a, I think, a different level with some of the higher-level players and some of the bigger-dollar tournaments where people are now legitimately doing the 4D chess meme where it's like, well, if I play Tyler Eifert, like, nobody's going to play this guy, and he might get one touch down and and that might be enough to win yeah no it's uh it's true and uh you know sometimes you got to break the rules you know like you said everyone knows uh in general that playing two tight ends isn't necessarily great although i was seeing some even smaller field tournaments where people had rolled out kelsey and gasecki and normally to me that is kind of the place to break it is kelsey's like a glorified wide receiver so you play a tight end as a tight end and then just treat kelsey as a, a high-end you know wide receiver in your flex but to go gasecki eifert man that's some galaxy brain level there 
Yeah, so congratulations to Forty Fortner one again. Again, you know, we're happy for all of our listeners. Where it's really more a thought exercise. We're like a, your college professors right now critiquing your paper. It might be an A plus because it won you the million dollars, <laughs> but you know, sometimes you just got it. You might have had a couple open parentheticals that you need to close, and that's that's what we're here for for Forty Fortner. But uh, to me, Pete, the big story this week, Derek Henry. You've you've been a guy. You you've beaten the drum of the Dehember meme, and and last week that went poorly, but uh, this week in 2020, the first time Derek Henry goes off and. December and and I'm gonna file this one away, Pete. We have the Say by the Bell reboot right now on Peacock. I haven't I'm not paying for Peacock, so I got I gotta pirate it <laughs> at some point. But That's... but nostalgia's <laughs> in the air and Derek Henry bringing D Hember back. Don't worry, I use my in-laws cable to log into <laughs> NBC on my Roku device. So uh we're in that together. Um, Did you watch all of it? Uh no, 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 I didn't watch it. I'm just saying, like, if I like tonight oh, when I'm okay. watching uh, you know, Sunday night football. Okay, I thought you might have been watch. a save by the bell boy, because I feel like you have a hint of Zach Morris to you and then just your I essence. appreciate that. I appreciate <laughs> that. Um no, I, I haven't caught that. But yes, oh. D. Hember is back. It's it's a little interesting. He it wasn't back in last week, which was also technically December, but there's just a little bit of flop lag to uh D. Hember this year. And uh yeah, the big dog put those of us who didn't play him in our coffins where we deserve to be all the people who say you're a fish for fading Derrick Henry. Uh they were they were having themselves a day today. And it's one of those things too where, you know, we talked about David Montgomery being in that millionaire maker winning lineup. I feel like this is one of those things where we, we do these shows and, and you guys, you know, who are watching this right now, you're probably watching a couple of other shows listening. We're not, you know, we're not jealous side pieces here. We're going to let you embrace your sensuality with your fantasy football podcasts. And, you know, like a lot of them out there would have been like, yeah, Derrick Henry, David Montgomery, two of the best DFS plays this week. Then they go off. And, and I feel like Pete, it's one of those situations where for me, I know I galaxy brained it a little bit too much where I still had 20% of both these guys, but like logically I should have been more on that. I shouldn't have been like, Hey, Dalvin cooks also good at 12%. Like I, I get it. I love Dalvin. We love Dalvin on the show, but, but in this week where he's going against the worst run defense and gets really great results against the, uh, excuse me, the best run defense, he does about as well as you can. Derrick Henry wouldn't get a shitty team and just smashed him. And like, that's the guy you should play. Yeah, the thing that's hard is it's like saying, okay, uh, these two chalky guys hit. What about the chalk that didn't hit? Like DeAndre Washington or uh, who was another guy coming to mind uh, that didn't hit this week? But then it's just like, okay, how do you pick and choose what is the the good chalk and the bad chalk? And, you know, it's just there's way more paths to winning when you aren't eating chalk in all of your, in your spots. But like you look at the Millie Maker lineup, they ate chalk there, but they got really unique with a stack you know, Carr and Aguilar. It's not like they were playing, you know, Aaron Rodgers to Adams and everyone was going to have that. They got, they got unique. So I think that's always the lesson for me is you can eat whatever chalk you want. As long as the rest of the lineup, you're making some, uh, you know, contrarian pivots. And it is still, you know, with Aguilar, a guy who in this Raiders offense, you know, maybe a surprise to a lot of Eagles fans out there, but it's not a ton of touchdown equity as being, you know, one of the Raiders top receivers, if not the top receiver this year. And I I get Darren Waller, I guess I'd put him a little bit above, but touchdown wise, like he's had more touchdowns than than Darren Waller's had. So like, you know, I, I, I feel like Aguilar does make sense. And, and maybe that's, you know, that's sort of the lesson here. Like Pete just said is, you know, not being afraid of a really good running back. Like if you just looked at the matchup, you know, Jacksonville's given up 130 rushing yards a game. This is off the top of my head. I don't know these numbers in front of me, but like, you know, also the David Montgomery matchup, like Houston's been one of the worst run defense teams in the league. And, and Montgomery gets a good portion of the bears yards. He's getting, I think like 30% of their yards on the year. Like, 
those guys are really good. So I think this is one thing where you can outthink yourself if you're watching a lot of these shows. And and here's another one, Pete, that I think is also that case. Jalen Hurts, just uh, weird. The Vegas total, I think, was really the thing that spooked me off. But I still played a good amount of Hurts, one of the cheapest quarterbacks who was starting this week on the year. Um, or excuse me, on, on this week, rather. But on the year, in terms of results for the cheapest quarterback, looked really great against New Orleans. New Orleans, uh, not a great pass defense, definitely better against the run, but Hurts ran the ball well. I think cracked 100 yards, if I'm remembering correctly, and and just looked amazing. And, and Pete, are you buying in on the Jalen Hurts renaissance and really what this means for the Eagles, who could still win the East and make the playoffs? Yeah, I thought he was a really good uh, play today. Leone and one of our lineups got us on him. He actually won one of the big qualifiers to the Fantasy Football World Championship with a naked uh, Jalen Hurts lineup. And uh, I thought it was really sharp. I wish I would have played more of him, um, you know, kind of similar to the Taysom Hill play before Taysom Hill's salary uh, went up. Just these guys that rush. Uh, who are super cheap, it's it's really hard for them to fail. Like they basically have to have like multiple turnovers for them to fail at those price tags. So I thought it was a great play. And man, yeah, I don't know how they go back to Carson Wentz anytime soon, if at all. I mean, you have to continue to let Jalen Hurts uh, continue to try to lead this team, I think. Here's a little, uh, obviously we don't do numbers, don't lie on Sundays. That's purely a Thursday trademark here on Splash Play, but but uh, how many r- rushes, Pete, would you, if you had to guess, Jalen Hurts, if I said over under 15 rushes, are you taking the over or the under? Uh, I would take the under. 15 is a lot. I would have guessed he's what, like 9 to 10? 18. He carried the oh. ball 18 times. Okay. Okay, what's more than that? Yeah, I would have just assumed he was like in a more normal range. Yeah, that's insane. 30 pass attempts, 18 rushes. The next three weeks, he's got Arizona, Dallas, and Washington. You know, Washington had a great day today, but still, you know, not an infallible defense by any stretch. Like, this could be a nice little Jalen Hurts renaissance. And and honestly, I think it's one that could get the Eagles into the playoffs. Yeah, no, I I agree. And I mean, that we talked about it last week. That division is completely up for grabs. He is the arguably the best healthy starting quarterback in the NFC. Uh, I can't think of anyone in sorry in that division. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think they could uh, I think we could be seeing Jalen Hurts in the playoffs, which would be wild. So let, let's talk about one of the other big stories of the week. And there's a lot of big stories this week I feel like you could point to. But this one for Splash Play, which for us, we're you know, it's a fantasy football podcast. We bill ourselves the fantasy football podcast for every game under the sun. And Pete, this week we've come under fire with Josh Jacobs going against fantasy <laughs> football fans. And, and he finishes with 13 carries, 49 yards, three catches for 25 yards, 10.4 fantasy points. It's fantasy football playoffs. And, and the thing, Pete, too, that, that goes with this is that Josh Jacobs on his Instagram Instagram. He he was cleared. He was declared as active for the game. And then he posted, sorry, guys, I'm not playing today. Three laughing, crying emojis. So he's laughing so hard to us that tears are streaming down his face. If he wants to rub the salt in the wounds even more. And he says a lot of hot fantasy owners. And he gives the finger to the fantasy football community. And, and Pete, you're as much of a guardian. You're a gatekeeper of the fantasy football community. So here's your time here. If you want to rebut Josh Jacobs. Man, I see this from both sides. Um, on the one hand, it's like, dude, who do you think is watching, you know, the Raiders uh, that aren't Oakland fans or, or Vegas fans? And it's, you know, fantasy people. It's You have them on your fantasy team. You have them in DFS, someone who's gambled on the game. Like, that is what drives interest. That is why this is such a massive industry. So to me, it's kind of uh, tone deaf. On the other hand, I see 
you know, the idiots that tag these players on Twitter, on Instagram and say, dude, why don't you perform for my fantasy team, man? Like all this just dumb stuff, not realizing like these are human beings. Like we can treat them like names and numbers on a spreadsheet in a game, but they are actually human beings that when you talk to them, they have feelings and care about other things other than your fantasy team. So I see it from both sides. To me, it's like, Josh Jacobs should probably take the high road and uh, and not troll these guys with actual misinformation. That I, like, if you want to poke fun at fantasy nerds, like I've seen that before, that's fine. But to like outright lie as a joke is uh, that's dangerous territory. Yeah, a couple different sources out there that I saw. I mean, maybe one I do freelance shows for. Straight up dropped Josh Jacobs to a zero projection, which you know would have been helpful, I guess. <laughs> like, so you didn't play any of them just in case. You know, against the Colts team that has given up some rushing touchdowns in the years. So I think there was an argument to be made for whoever started for the Raiders. But but yeah, you know, like I I think it is a little bit shitty, especially you know when you are. In the NFL, which like, you know, Pete, you're saying like, it's a gambling enterprise. It's still, it's a fantasy enterprise, like more than any sport. I feel like it's a combination of both and, you know, as much as any sport moving forward. And I think that to me is the thing where like, you can't have a player be like, I'm not playing LOL. Gotcha. Like if it's April fools, I'll allow it. Then besides that, I can't let Josh Jacobs get away with this. Yeah, I don't, and like, or even do another slide that was like, psych, just, you know, getting your heart to race there for a second, you know, something like that. But to actually do that, knowing it's going to get picked up, like he can't be ignorant. Like people are going to find that he has enough followers that that's going to leak out to news sources. Uh, Yeah, it seems pretty irresponsible. So I think now is the question to ask, you know, Josh Jacobs opened this up, basically laid out for us as producers of fantasy football content, laid out the segment for us. So Josh Jacobs gave us the finger literally this season, Pete, but who would be, I honestly, I put down a list or a little temporary list of guys who we can claim might be some of that fit the criteria. I think we might be able to do a waiver wire snake draft here of guys who just gave the finger to all of us, either metaphorically or literally this year in fantasy football. Yeah, you have a you have a pretty good list there. Uh, do you do you want to draft them? Do you want to do? I think the we should draft them. I think we, we'll do like a fast version of like a three round draft. Okay. Of, like yeah. So uh, I'll give you the first pick because I, I put the names down. So now you can choose. You got some of the names here. I'm sure I didn't cover all of them. So whoever you want to take here, first pick in the giving the finger to the fantasy football fans snake draft. Yeah. So I will do. I will do Kenny Galladay number one overall because he had this kind of thing that was an unfortunate timing thing for him where he had this photo where he was dancing. We talked about it last week, the Brazilian uh, butt dancing here with him and the girl right after he was saying like, my hip can't allow me to play. And and I'm going to pick another guy after this when it's my turn that the same thing where it's like you get strung along. It's one thing if you're just Saquon Barkley and you're shut down for the whole season. We can move along. We can pick someone else on the waiver wire. It's when you think and your tease that you're coming back over and over again, that's uh, where you're getting the middle finger. So yeah, Kenny Galladay has uh, given the middle finger to his fantasy owners. So I like the logic you're going with, Pete, but I feel like based on the logic you just gave, the first pick has to be Christian McCaffrey, who came in, was posting the Instagram stories of him enjoying his Miss Miss USA girlfriend, Olivia Culpo. We talked about this. Again, all the things that pop up over and over again, we talk about on these shows. So if you're not watching and listening to every Splash Play show, you're doing yourself a disservice. But, but you know, McCaffrey just... 
didn't come in with the highest effort level. I feel like was trying to get that fame. He's a he's a handsome dude. I get it. You want to get there, but he has not played, and he keeps teasing us every week. And like, will it shock me if he plays in week fifteen, week sixteen, week seventeen? No. But also, like, as a person who who invested in him in an auction draft this year, like, it sucks. Like, and he to me is the number one pick by far, both probably coming into this year and also for this game that we he's just giving us the finger over and over again, and and probably giving <laughs> giving Olivia Culpo the finger as well in a way that. <laughs> just sacrifices wow. his ability <laughs> wow um i will yeah i will go with a different genre of guys who have given us the middle finger let's do two of these old running backs who got released signed with new teams i will double tap Le'Veon bell and leonard fournette fournette was inactive today a healthy scratch these were guys that people were drafting in the fourth and fifth round of season long draft saying like hey they're the starting running back on their team they're going to get the volume uh to produce but these guys are were so dusted that they got cut got signed couldn't actually carve out a role and uh and yeah they've been given the middle finger to uh to their the people who back them all season long i like that you took a double tap when we just went one two <laughs> and then you're just like i get two picks now no but- I went one and then, oh, you should have done your double tap. <laughs> yes. You weren't going to take either of those guys though. The snake, no, that's true. You're right. The snake drafted. You know what? Here's what uh, Pete, I'm going to one up you here. Cause I think you made two great picks there. Um, here's one that hits me on a fantasy level and a personal level. Julian Edelman, a guy who I think you could have made the case for with Cam Newton, a, a, a quarterback who really lacks the deep ball, who really has not been a guy who can throw the ball at any sort of ability this year. We see it over and over again. Julian Edelman, I thought I would have thought was a slot guy who'd come in and be good. He has done, I mean, obviously he's been hurt for part of the year. He's also been on the COVID list for part of the year. But Pete, here's something that I've, I actually don't think I've talked about on any internet content before. Uh, Julian Edelman, also, I was one point where I was uh, talking to and had seen a girl in the Massachusetts area who was who was friends with a lot of people who know athletes in, in the, the Boston, New England area, which I think is maybe not something, Pete, you're into. You're a married man. You're you're not in that scene quite as much of trying to bang athletes. But in the Boston area, they're a very close don't, group. Don't make assumptions about me, Spank. <laughs> you know, it's true. I, I don't know if you and Marcus Smart <laughs> hanging out from time to time and doing that. But Julian Edelman, while I was uh, actually shortly after this girl and I had had sort of uh, had an on off. Uh, she had given him uh, audibles in, <laughs> in her uh, in in Los Angeles during the off season. And Julian Edelman, I, now I'm happy to see his downturn because that was one that was a curveball when when the girl in your life uh, gives gives fellatio to a <laughs> a slot receiver of note. It's hard to come back from that. I uh, I never want this to end. I want to sit here watching you squerve through trying to describe this anecdote. So please keep going. I, there was a time in life where I would have just said it like I would just say it straight out. But now I feel like we have to do the dance. And now, But doing the dance sometimes you just end up tap dancing about like Michigan J Frog for far too long. <laughs> it's it's uh, it's it's true. Yeah, uh, there. Um, yeah, I'm trying so to take another pick, any- Pete. Go. <laughs> so Julian Edelman's my pick. The other guy who's thematically tied to Kenny Galladay in that way would be Joe Mixon, a guy who hasn't ever officially been placed on IR. So you never got even the three week window to move on from him. He's just been lingering on your bench. You can't cut him because what if he comes back and gets 20 carries, uh, but he's done nothing for you all season. So that's a, that's a big uh, middle finger to fantasy gamers. And, you know, I, I think we've picked enough guys, but here's one that I will point out who was on our initial list that I is Saquon. I think Pete, you made the case for it, you know, 
tearing ACL, still a hard worker, still a dude I would expect to come back next year and and take as big of a stand on it, you know, maybe, maybe a little bit smaller because he's been hurt now for two straight years. But but one guy I feel like you I don't think should make this list, even though like I'll pick him here just so we can talk about him. Odell Beckham, like I feel like this year he actually was trying and maybe figured some things out where he kind of was a wide receiver one who's not going to be there every single week. And, and for him, like, you know, I think you can write him off as being like, oh, classic Odell. He he looks good and then he goes back to shit. But but I think Odell really did show more than not this year and being able to take a back seat and, and ride through the criticism and all that. Like, I'm picking him just so we can close this draft out. But but I think Odell, I wouldn't put him there much like I wouldn't put Saquon there. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you on that. Uh, so Yeah, the guys who were just kind of had an unfortunate injury and then uh, bowed out, I, I think you got to just chalk that up to football being football. Anybody else who pops to mind for you before we move on to some of our other joyous segments that hopefully won't involve slot receivers uh, getting fellatio from people? Maybe maybe it will. I don't know. Um, none that I don't want to destroy my brand and say someone like LaVisca <laughs> Chenault. So no, I won't. No, oh no. LaVisca, I think he's, he was really your planning that flag for the future. I think was something one, uh, the guy I do a show with on Sunday mornings, one of the guys rather Greg Ehrenberg said today, like planning a flag in Tyree kill. And I was like, that is an unfortunate metaphor to get. <laughs> Yes, especially for Tyreek. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes, he's he. That would break somebody, uh, a weaker man, I'm sure. But let's let's get on to taking the L, Pete, and and the L's that we can take. And I'll say that one that normally we we battle here whether we would want to take the L or we want to deflect on it. And I'm just gonna take the L here on Dalvin Cook as a concept. And and Dalvin, I again was really Dalvin impressed Cook by as the a concept. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's a meme now in fantasy football Twitter, but like I. Dalvin to me, like it made sense. Like if Derrick Henry is going to be so highly owned and Dalvin, we know can break a slate like that. Like, you know, I get the idea of going, Oh, this guy's one fourth is owned or one fourth is rostered. Go to this guy. Like, I understand that as a concept, but like it logically didn't make sense going against the bucks who haven't given up a hundred yard rusher, or at least an average wise given up only like about 75 rushing yards a year for the most part, not giving up those high octane rushing games that you want to see. Like that's not their game. And, and Pete, for me, this was a trap I walked into and I don't know if you did quite as much, but you know, Derrick Henry, I feel like was really the smash play and, and you know, you could argue about it, but he was sort of the smash play and he was the smash play. Yeah, I had, I definitely had um, a couple Dalvin cooks and he was a guy I was getting to the whole thing for me with um, Derek Henry was, I just thought Devonte Adams was a better play. And I thought that it was hard, you know, to afford both. I mean, you could have, but you had to make lots of sacrifices in your lineup to do that. So the other thing I liked about Devonte Adams was he played later. So you kind of had the flexibility. If you were behind, you're like, I can get off of Devonte Adams. Whereas with Derrick Henry, like he's locked into your lineup, you know, if he busts, then you don't have that choice to rearrange things. But um, yeah, what would I take L's on? I mean, pulling up ride or die. Uh, it seems pretty disastrous. <laughs> here um you know i didn't even get some guys that were playing uh jj and i each had to swap uh, swap out guys miles gaskin i had david johnson um let's see Devonte parker did not outscore tyreek hill take an l there jerry judy <laughs> did not outscore robbie anderson shoot or shoot uh did marquez valdez scantling outscore Devonte adams that must have been close it was it was actually less close than you would think i think it was like 20 to 27 oh. It was close until he got the bonus at the end. I think he had a play. Okay. Um, Yeah. I just, I have L's all over the place. Terry McLaurin, top five wide receiver. No chargers plus two and a half nailed that one. (laughs) 
That's a, Nailed it. There's always the little victories to, to hold on to, even when things go south in Ride or Die Picks. And actually, yeah, we don't usually talk about the Ride or Die Picks at too much length because it's just formally a competition between you know Pete and I every week. It doesn't matter. But uh, last week, Pete, I think I had said accidentally on the Thursday show that you won. And in fact, Willis hadn't tabulated it and told me to look at it because he doesn't play the showdowns, I guess. I did, in fact, win week 13. So now it is it's getting close to insurmountable. It's not insurmountable, but it's getting close to insurmountable. No, I mean, it's not insurmountable because I could just do a bunch of 10 pointers and hit them. Your your weird weekly head-to-head scoring system, which actually ignores the entire point of having the actually added points is what is why we did that, Spags. It still includes the added points. Like the weekly record is still like points-based. But the weekly record doesn't mean anything. It's just whoever has the most points at the end. <laughs> oh, I think it's still like, yeah, great. If you had one amazing week, like, yeah, you would balance out then all of my like steady, you know, like here and there weeks. This but... is rotisserie scoring, not head to head. It's currently I, I just want to point it out for myself now that we've gotten this rabbit hole. Pete has won three weeks out of the 13. We had one tie and the rest have gone to your, the people's champ. Some would say the rock of, of our, of our little ride or die game here. Me. Let the record show. I'm doing all 10 pointers from here on out. And I will win (laughs) the only title that matters. The overall scoring title. All right. I I hope you do. And uh, speaking of, here's one that maybe we could learn something from me taking the L on this one. Aaron Jones. Holy shit. Aaron Jones was the worst play this entire week. And it was one, too, that made so much sense to me where it's like, oh, Devontae Adams doesn't get there. Play Aaron Jones. Like, I didn't make a rule. Like, I didn't make a, hey, don't have Devontae Adams play Aaron Jones rule. Like, that's one thing you could do in an optimizer, which, again, we learned today is not the wise move. But I could not imagine a situation where the Packers score over 30 fantasy points at a game where they had the lead and Aaron Jones doesn't score 10 fantasy points. Like that makes no sense to me logically. Yeah, no, it's uh, they have been like kind of negatively correlated. So I don't mind that idea of, you know, playing Aaron Jones. If you're not playing uh, Devonte Adams, I honestly didn't see that game uh, much at all. So I don't know what happened uh, with them. It seemed like they were just having way more success through the air. Yeah, they just the volume wasn't there for Aaron Jones, and and yeah, they there was easy pass routes every single time. So I I certainly get that. The Bills also maybe no, that wasn't a touchdown. The Bills defense looked like they just scored a touchdown here in third quarter of the game as we're recording. Uh, but yeah, like I I just don't get how Aaron Jones wasn't a person who just got to twenty touches. Like I don't, I don't get how that didn't happen. That's the thing. But but Pete, well, we took the L's. You've taken some L's. I've taken some L's. Let's move on to the victory laps. Here's the time to celebrate all of our success because. That's what DFS and really the fantasy industry in general rewards. So, Pete, you get the first victory lap here. Anything you feel good about in a week that it seems like maybe you didn't feel great about a lot? Yeah, I had some good DFS calls uh, this morning. I was one of the calls, even though I got him wrong uh, in the ride or die, I was saying I thought uh, Robbie Anderson was going to come in way under what his projected ownership was like i was just looking at the dynamics everyone was going studs and duds and it felt like those mid-tier wide receivers were going to really fly under the radar so robbie anderson at 6200 i got him at less than 10 percent ownership in the spy which seems pretty crazy with dj Moore out in a good matchup so that was a that was a good hit for me um i also had mike davis as well so i guess mm. the Cal- carolina panthers i know people have been spooked sometimes they'll use rodney smith sometimes they'll use curtis samuel but mike davis got that full bell cow roll today so i was glad i stuck with him in spots 
The Panthers are weird. Like Roddy Smith, I think had the first touch of the second half too, where like they yeah. got the ball first and like, and it wasn't Davis out there. And I was like, what is going on with this? Davis got the, the better results at the end of the game to salvage with a second touchdown and all that. But yeah, Davis and Mike Montgomery, Mike Montgomery and David Montgomery. Who's, who's Mike Montgomery That's a baseball player. I think you don't, you don't do yeah. MLB DFS. You don't. Care. It sounds like the like lighting guy for the beach boys or something. I, I also that. today. <laughs> yeah, he was a fa- fantastic lighting guy who, uh, they, they love, <laughs> for some for all their surf based hits the beach boys love a good surf song uh but today i also did like lance thomas and logan thomas like logan thomas is a tight end lance thomas uh also a basketball player but like you give me generic 3k l thomas i'm going lance like pretty much at least 50 percent of the time There you go. Yeah. Uh, and oh, you did it with uh no, you did uh David Carr, not not yeah, Derek. Yeah, yeah, no, David. I said Derek first and I was still like, "Oh, wait, is Derek right?" because <laughs> in my <laughs> mind they're the same, which, you know, see Derek Carr's the service. He's been a much better quarterback than his than his brother was, but victory lap. Here's one victory lap I'll take first. Allen Robinson, every week, Pete, I am there with him in a big way. And this week he was 5% owned and, and I was about four times the field. And and I think that actually is what kept me to where I ended up being a little bit better than breaking even. Like, I think Allen Robinson was the dude. And I think people, people sleep on him because I get the bear situation has sucked, but like Allen Robinson, out of everybody in the league who wants a trade or who bitches about their role, like you could make the case for him that if he had Patrick Mahomes, like if he were Sammy Watkins in that offense, like he's an amazing player and and you know a lot of people view him as fighting for scraps but like he is a bears wide receiver one has just been amazing every week so that's what i'm gonna victory lap on is just believing in Allen robinson yeah he was another one of those like mid-range wide receivers that got squeezed out because everyone was trying to get up to Devonte adams so yeah he uh the volume is always there it's always just kind of like a matter of can the offense be functioning enough for him to get uh have a massive day and he definitely had a great day today any other victory laps you want to take here? Because I have a big one, which um, which I'm gonna I'm gonna train on here, much like a cash game lineup. I'm gonna I'm gonna follow up with the train. So take one more victory lap if you want, Pete. No, no, no. I, I mean, I think the people they they want another Spags victory lap. So <laughs> let's do it. That's what they all want. They want people tuning to the show, being like, I don't want to hear Pete's banter. I don't want to hear the guys go back and forth. I want to hear Spags just puff his chest out about uh, being right about the Week 13 waiver wire. I, I'm gonna list my four guys that took in our sake draft, Pete, and and this to me just just chef's kiss emoji level knowledge of the guys were going to pop up at the end of the year. My first pick Kiki QT followed up by Jalen Rager followed up by Chad Hansen followed up by cam Akers, who obliterated that Thursday slate. I don't think we've had a better snake draft run of anybody that we've had all year. We've done a ton of them, Pete. And I smashed this last week. You know what? Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's funny how you don't ever bring up my good calls after my waiver wire picks, but I am, I am proud of you for your good week specs. Thank you, Pete. That's what matters here. So now's yeah. the time. I didn't, I didn't even know we were victory lapping our waiver picks. I mean, I would have made this a weekly segment after all my smash picks, but, uh, yeah, it's good to know. I mean, like all four being dudes like, like Chad Hansen, he had a tough day today, but like that dude's kind of quietly a beast here for the last stretch of the season. Also, not quietly, Patrick Laird's uh, good friend and roommate from college. So you do not have to sell me on Chad Hansen. You you did hint at this on our Thursday show with JJ Zacharyson, which, uh, you know, JJ, a fantastic time here, the editor-in-chief of, of FanDuel and Number Fire. And um, I, I feel like maybe you held back a little bit here, but Chad Hansen to me, Pete, I think is like a, a top wide receiver for the Texans down the stretch, which is a, clearly a high-value role. Yeah, I mean... Uh... 
I guess it all has to do too with kind of like what's going on with Brandon Cooks here. If he ends up missing more time, that that obviously opened up more opportunity. But yeah, he uh, he looks good, man. And yeah, I mean, I I think the same results that he got today. I wouldn't be down on him if you were a person who played him as value. Like Will Fuller could have easily had the same kind of mediocre day against the Bears. Like Brandon Cooks had the same mediocre day against the Bears. The Bears are a good defense who just you know don't show up every single week. Uh, but I do think that that Chan Hansen, whether 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 Peter will share his all his information that he got from Patrick Laird about how Chad Hansen has an 11 inch penis and <laughs> just runs down the field with that confidence each time. I, I, it doesn't matter. Yeah, no, he was more talking about how like he wouldn't do his dishes after he ate cereal. You know, he didn't actually mention the part about the 11 inch penis, but I can follow up on that. <laughs> yeah. Can you please like text Patrick Laird to be like the buzz on the street? is on Chad Chris- Hansen. <laughs> My friend Chris wants to know what kind of, uh, you know, fire hose is Chad packing down there. If you think Patrick Laird is going to be on Splash Play at some point, Pete, I don't know what to tell you. You're going to have to merge <laughs> your friend groups at some point here. <laughs> Davis and I got rejected, Risa. We had mentioned it. We're like, hey, you want to come on and uh, do another show again? And it was just cricket. So I think he uh, he was like, uh, maybe I'll wait till the season's over oh. before I do that but again. But he's such a football guy. Like, he doesn't want the attention to himself when, like, the other guys there, you know, maybe deserve a little bit more. That's right. He's it's it's a selfless act. That's what I would say. Speaking of selfless acts, uh, we we can also go to stat shaming, which is a, clearly a selfless act by Pete and us every week, where we risk being canceled to talk about that these plays get unsustainable numbers, and we consider them beautiful at a healthy weight of touches for the week. And and the first one up, Pete, we have uh, I have a spoiler alert. We have two Colts on the list, but the first one, Jonathan Taylor, who fits the Pete criteria, a rookie coming in twenty carries, one hundred fifty yards, two touchdowns, two catches for sixteen yards on two targets as well. Uh, Jonathan Taylor looking like the bell cow back that people expected coming in this year. Uh, so Pete, I won't stat shame Jonathan Taylor. I think this is what we thought he'd have from day one. He hasn't turned the ball over and now he's healthy. He's ready to go. Like he's a dude for the home stretch here. If you have him in your season long leagues, I'd feel really good for the playoffs. Yeah. I, I refuse to stat shame Jonathan Taylor. I know there were donkeys out there that were trying to compare him to Trent Richardson because he had a few bad games. I mean, this was one of the most prolific, uh, running backs coming out of college that we've seen since probably Ezekiel Elliott, just an absolute monster at Wisconsin tested well, big fast. And yeah, it was only a matter of time. Like his only issue was the snap share, he had a 46% snap share last week. I'll be curious to see what it was this week. But if you give this guy touches in this offense and you kind of, you know, reduce Jordan Wilkins's role, he's going to crush. And uh, it's been cool to see him doing that. And I think him and Cam Akers, they look the part of these kind of rookie running back league winners right now. Yeah, and too, like Naheem Hines, I just feel like not being as much of a factor is going to be helpful. Like Hines can certainly have those touchdown weeks. He's a better pass catcher. I think that much is pretty clear, at least in terms of how they treat them in the offense. But but Jonathan Taylor, you know, just uh, deserves the run going forward. And I do think, you know, maybe he wards these guys off a little bit more, like even more rather moving forward. Uh, another guy, though, who I do think, I'm going to stat shame right away. Tua Tagovailoa, three, 316 passing yards, 28 for 48, two touchdowns, one pick, six rushes for 24 yards, and a rushing TD. I think he's got the potential every week, Pete, but I don't trust him to do it. Like, I think in games where the defense does more and he's not playing from behind, like, the defense fought so hard. The one sack they got against Mahomes today, they drove him back, like, 35 yards, was really genuinely an impressive play. And and the fact they keep getting turnovers against the best teams, the worst teams, like, that's amazing. But... But Tua, to me, is just going to pass more in games where he has to. And in the other games, he's going to be a straight game manager, at least this year. I don't buy into Tua, and I, I would shame him. I think he's, I think, I don't know, he's, he's Lizzo. <laughs> 
I think what happened here is, you know, the Chiefs made Tua look incredibly good today. I mean, what happened for Tua was he got chosen to be a contestant on Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. You know, the guys came on through. Jonathan did his hair. You know, they gave him a full makeover. They turned him into a new person because there's been whispers like, hey, what's the deal with Tua? Is he might not be a franchise quarterback. You know, Queer Eye for the Straight Guy comes in. They doll him up. Here's the question. Are they going to be there every week, you know, to make him look like this? Or when they play the Jets and things slow down, does he turn back into a pumpkin? I love that you were, we were concerned. Pete and I talked about like, oh, it feels, you know, it feels like we're running out of tropes to hit on. I pulled one out. I pulled one out. You, you did. You went, you went the other way because, you know, it's for the guys and the girls. It's not just about... Uh, shaming one gender but yeah Tua got the the queer eye for the straight guy treatment I think we can all agree there the last guy who Pete I'm putting in here because I want you I want you to take this L too it's another segment of you taking an L stat shaming T.Y. Hilton a, a beautiful older woman evolving at the, like a Holly Berry really five for 86 two touchdowns and T.Y. Uh, the toughest first half imaginable but he is now the version that I thought that we would be getting with Phillip Rivers where Rivers is actually looking for him in the end zone and giving him deep shots and giving him all the looks that you want for T.Y. Hilton to have. Like To me, he's not A.J. Green. He's not Alshon Jeffrey. Like, he's a viable play every week, and I think the people who didn't play him this week actually paid a pretty steep price. Now, T.Y. Hilton is you know the person at the bar at the end of the night. The lights are still off, and you're like super drunk, and you're like, oh, yeah. You look pretty good. You look pretty good. But let me tell you, weeks 15, they're flipping on the lights and you're going, no, 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 no. I can't do it with this guy. I want Michael Pittman, that hot young piece of ass over there doing more after the catch than T.Y. Hilton. Yeah, no, Michael Pittman is a hot piece of ass. I think we can all agree. But but T.Y. Hilton aging like a fine wine in front of our eyes. And <laughs> I, I'm impressed by T.Y. I feel like I can't believe you're not willing to take the L on T.Y. Three straight weeks now. He is back to the best version of T.Y. that we've seen. No, I'll never take the L on, on T.Y. Hilton. All right. Well, let's see how T.Y. does down the stretch here where the Colts actually going to need some wins. So um, if T.Y., honestly, a dude I think was available in 55% of leagues on ESPN or actually he's rostered in 55%, so available in 45%, pick up T.Y. I, w- I don't think that's the worst move down the stretch if you are desperate at wide receiver. But other plays we can make here, we'll do the waiver wire snake draft. Make sure you guys hit that like button and subscribe. Also, give us five stars and review an Apple podcast. And the waiver wire snake draft, we pick this, this, these best players available on waiver wires before any other show out there all the guys who are under uh owned under 40 percent of leagues on espn.com and and pete as always i like to do here to balance out the beatings you take in our ride or die picks i'll give you the first pick in our snake draft no i mean i i apparently i need to focus even more than i normally do because i didn't know we were victory lapping uh these picks so uh yeah i have to pay very very close attention to what i'm doing here I, um, I, I'm curious to see who you go with first because there's so many options out there, including the aforementioned two attack of Iloa. Yeah, I um the funny thing is is when I look, I never look on the quarterbacks uh tab <laughs> just because um they're just less interesting. I will do another hot young piece of ass. Uh he actually had less targets than he had in his previous couple games, but he scored twice today. This is rookie KJ Hamler on the Broncos. You know, before this against Miami, six targets, five targets last week against the Chiefs. Again, only three targets today, but took two of those to the house. So when you have the combination of targets and or the uh the big playability, I think that's very relevant here. And um 
there's kind of a, a bit of a, you know, a lot of mouths to feed with Tim Patrick and Judy in Denver. But if Noah Fant misses time, you know, he left the game today with an illness, which was kind of weird. Um, I think KJ Hamler is, um, is interesting. He profiled, um, I think in other drafts, he was like the John Ross or the Philip Dorsett, the speedster that goes in the first round. But because this class was so loaded, he slipped a little bit. And I don't think people realize that he is a, a pretty high pedigree talent. I think that's fair. It's, it's tough there with the Jerry Judy and Tim Patrick targets, but, but I get it. Hamler had the big day today and I, you know, I, I think there's nothing wrong with that, but I would say much more obvious first pick this week, Pete is a guy in contention. He's no Adam Thielen, but maybe he can get there for the, the white wide receiver crown, Chad Hansen. He's still not owned enough. And I'm just, I'm impressed by this dude, man. Like I, I like what he does. I do think that a lot of it's going to depend if Deshaun gets shut down, uh, down the stretch. Like he had one bad hit today, which was like, to I think his wrist and his testicles at the same time. So like a, they were, he was like on the floor, like reeling and they were like, Oh, every man, like the, the announcers do the thing. They always, they were like, every man knows how that is, but it was like legit. He got hit in the nuts and also like fucked up his hand at the same time. But, and that's how it's going to be with no fuller. If cooks misses more time, but, but Hanson just being out there, like he's getting the routes, he's getting the targets. Like he might not be that good, but if he's running outside, getting Will Fuller routes, like I'll play anybody who's getting that role. Yeah, and he's just a beautiful man. Uh, absolute yes. beautiful man. So what? What? now you get the double tap because normally I, I will forget and I will start to give off my picks, <laughs> but I'm not going to make that mistake. Also, I, I think one transition that I want to make here because I have to say in the Osmo live stream I did today wasn't a joke that that hit as much as I would have liked, but, but the idea of of the Chad Hansen versus the Virgin Bears defense. Like, Pete, you're on board with this meme, right? Like, the, like he should be the biggest deal on the home stretch. Should, this is Chad Hansen should be. Wait, what's the what's the Virgin Bears? So, thing? so like the ver so like it's the idea of like the cool guy who's referred to like in internet memes is like the Chad, like the bro oh, yeah, guy, yeah. like the Peter Oversett, some could say, of the non-fantasy Jesus. world where it's just you know like a sexy hunk All of right, meat I'm wearing done a backwards hat. Analogy, if this is the direction you're taking it. <laughs> no, but it's like it's so like the meme is basically like the Virgin whatever. So like the Virgin. I don't know, Buffalo Bills versus the Chad Hansen would be the thing. And I, I just feel like it's not there yet fully because that meme hasn't hit full penetration. But but the Chad thing feels strong to me. You know what? I mean, I think based on how hard it was to explain to me, I think it definitely has legs. <laughs> that's, that's always the way that memes come across well is when you have to explain them uncomfortably to your podcast partner for five minutes. Uh, my my snake trap pick, by the way, Pete, will be a guy with dual position eligibility. So if you're screwed to wide receiver, you're screwed to running back. Lynn Bowden Jr. I oh, think <laughs> that was mine. Targets are there for him, him again. Overall. I love that I took him from you. This is even better. I hope Patrick Laird was telling you, like, oh, Lynn Bowden's legit. He's sick of my role. And Pete, what are we going to do? How are we going to pump me? <laughs> I'm I now hate just this show. <laughs> I hate this episode so much. <laughs> Rebelling against your friendship with Patrick Laird. But I think that Lynn Bowden is looking good. Like, he's, he can play on the slot. He can get those wide receiver, uh, you know, kind of targets that are going to running backs these days. Like, Bowden to me, especially if Parker does miss time, which didn't look great today. I do think Lynn Bowden's a guy who could actually gain a little bit more because we've seen that that Grant's not really that dude long term. 
Yeah, no, I think the way that they continue to kind of use him creatively, you know, they they use the jet motions, they're using him as a wide receiver. And the bonus is on ESPN, he has dual ed- eligibility. You can play him as a running back or a wide receiver, which can come in handy. Uh, I know I have some teams where I'm much weaker at running back. So getting, uh, you know, a wide receiver that you get to play at running back is uh, is pretty nice. So I definitely like that call and I'm upset because he was definitely going to be one of my picks. I will, I will stay in that backfield though. Um, you know, he didn't have a great day today, um, but the opportunities were there. He ended up having uh, 15 touches and because Gaskin went on actual COVID IR for testing positive for COVID, he wasn't just a close contact. I think we could see him miss another game. And uh, I think DeAndre Washington would get another 15 touches next week against New England. So I will stay the course uh, with DeAndre Washington as well. I think that's a smart call here. You know, probably not a lot of equity going into him, given the fact that he just had this kind of mediocre game. But but these guys rely on the running backs. Miami relies on the running backs a lot. Just the game script didn't quite work out for Washington's way. So I think that's fair. And you get the pick on the turn. So uh, no Lynn Bowden for you. But hey, maybe Patrick Laird you can go to if you want to do symbolic. Just things. corner the market on all <laughs> yeah. of these guys here. Well, let's do let's do this. Let's um let's take Jalen Hurts. Um, oh, I hate that. I hate that. Yeah, was, I, that seems like a spags pick there yeah. too. So we talked about him. Uh, really great debut today. I mean, when you're rushing that much, you're just gonna have such a huge floor. Um, and I definitely, he's a guy that I'm gonna be trying to pick up in some of my leagues. I mean, in the high stakes leagues, our waivers closed, which sucks. I wish I was stashing him uh, before those closed up. But if you are in these, um, you know, season long leagues on on ESPN, Yahoo, and stuff, I think Hertz is a great QB ad. Yeah, I actually do like that pick quite a bit. I'm going to take another guy here who was on my list, but certainly I actually would have taken after Jalen Hurts. But Tyron Johnson, uh, Mike Williams leaving with a, a back injury, a spine injury, whatever it was. I don't think it's, I don't know for sure that's going to be that serious, but I do think Tyron Johnson acquitted himself pretty well. Uh, one of the best you know, combinations of actual routes run plus catches plus uh, getting some results for it. Uh, Tyron Johnson, there's a big opportunity here for this Chargers defense on the home stretch, even though, it's our uh, Chargers offense rather, even though like it's ha- kind of stalled out a little bit. This Herbert not going off today threw me off a bit because I really thought this was a spot against Atlanta that he could. But Tyron Johnson, you know, if he's going to get the Mike Williams routes, you know, for any extended period of time, I would take that shot and just hope that it works out. Yeah, I do not mind that call. I actually hadn't heard of him. I, I had been like a Jalen Guyton guy mm-hmm. uh, as the kind of next man up, but he seemed to classic get, fish uh, move classic. <laughs> We'll see. Things uh, tend to swing back in favor of Jalen's magnetism here. So just be careful. Be careful. And I guess the last guy I'm going to take on the turn because, you know, like I want to build a a fully actually, no, not actually. I was going to say a fully formed roster. I was going to take a tight end just to make it, you know, sound better, whoever, whatever asshole I was going to take. But I'll take Russell Gage, who's only 12% owned. And I don't know if you're Atlanta. Like, I don't know why you play Julio down the stretch. And Russell Gage clearly does benefit from just not having Julio and his target load out there. And, and, you know, Gage is the slot guy. He, he threw a touchdown today. Like if I were to stat shame, anybody it'd probably be Russell Gage for being like, Hey, you're not going to throw a 40 yard touchdown every week. But, but I do think being the slot receiver for an offense that throws a lot has enough value to be worthwhile. So Russell Gage will be my, my final pick. All right. Yeah. Uh, I feel um, like I was uh, snaked again, cause he was going to be mine as well. Uh, I'm adding it up. He's had, 32 targets over the past four weeks, averaging eight targets a game. I mean, even with some of those games were with Julio playing too. So he has a pretty established role. 
I like that call. Um, speaking of guys that kind of have established roles, um, it, Keelan Cole, uh, you know, he's been kind of floating around as like the de facto third wide receiver in Jacksonville all year. Um, Chark has really been struggling, uh, but Keelan Cole today, 12 targets, um, which is, which is pretty impressive there. And um, yeah, Visca's role continues to kind of stay the same Chark uh, more getting those deep downfield targets, all those air yards, but when he doesn't convert those uh, he can leave you hanging and Keelan Cole seems to be kind of the main guy there in the intermediary in short routes. So uh, you could do worse than Keelan Cole. And Gardner Minshew does seem like should be starting down the stretch here. Now that he's healthy, he came back in and, and Jake Luton. I, I do think Jay Luton, Jake Luton deserves a longer look than they gave him. Like, I think he's a better downfield quarterback than, you know, he's going to get better as he goes, but the Minshew starting, I agree. Like I think, you know, Cole might get a lot of a boost here from Minshew who loves to target the slot as he goes. Yeah. Yeah. And I, th- uh, let me see what was their schedule here because that was also an interesting, I guess they do get Baltimore, which is, which is mm. tough, but week 16 home versus Chicago, uh, Chicago secondary has been pretty beatable. So yeah, it, uh, it, it might be tough sledding next week, but maybe gets you there home in the, in the championship week. All right, and here we go. For now, it's the time for our ride or die picks for Monday Night Football, a game between the Ravens and the Browns. So make sure you guys hit that like button and subscribe on YouTube. And also, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or any podcast platform, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Give us five stars and a review. We're on Spotify too, and you know Spotify's money is as green as anybody else out there. So like, subscribe on there so they notice and then be like, hey, well. Great podcast. We can't do video on Spotify, which is kind of bullshit because like only the guys that they own can do video. Oh, that how was uh how are the checks from Spotify? Have we gotten one of have did it, have we? I think like we're in negative cents? money for Spotify. <laughs> we <laughs> owe Spotify money for hosting. Yeah, us. like we have to pay them for the right to <laughs> to be on their platform. But but I think you know for our long term aspirations of us just doing this. I mean, Pete, you're still working a full time job for me. I just want us to do this without wearing pants but in perpetuity. I feel like that's the goal. It, I mean, aren't, aren't you, you're not wearing pants right now, right? I'm wearing basketball shorts, which is usually okay. my go-to. Okay. Yeah. Right. Like, like, and one style ones where like they're gigantic and like, and I could cross somebody over, but maybe the ball might hit my shorts and, and slowly defray the, the velocity coming out. There you go. That was that's... far too much information, but I asked and uh, I did that to myself. Now, you know, now <laughs> that's what we're here for, but let's do our ride or die plays for Monday night football. And uh, obviously we know the ride or die plays heavily benefiting me. Fantastic. Love to see it. So Pete, here's the play. You can pick first uh, Pittsburgh, 23.3 implied points and over under a 49 implied or actually no, this is, this is the game that's going on right now. <laughs> Baltimore, 24.5 implied points over under a 46. This one's actually been steamed down a point and a half throughout the week uh going to cleveland who's got 21 and a half implied points they're the underdog which uh i know we like to pick showdown captains or FanDuel mvps depending upon our guest and um uh, if you just want to take the cleveland you know take the point spread for cleveland i get it no no no. uh like i said i'm i'm shooting 10 pointers from here on out i will take uh kareem hunt in the DraftKings captain winning lineup but not the FanDuel MVP. Like he specifically won't be that for you. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, the FanDuel thing was a nice thing we did for JJ, uh, but we are getting, I would, I would play FanDuel showdown if they had the kind of salary adjusted captain spot uh, where you have to pay for it. I mean, it's a, it's a fun format tweak. It's just like, it doesn't make sense as a format to not have that. 
I, I agree. I do think it makes the likelihood of chopping it a little bit higher for at least from what I've seen, you know, my limited research plus playing on the Fandle single game. But, but, you know, like that's also a positive. If you're just a person who's trying to win some money, I do think it's easier to, to, to split that pot up. Um, I think, God, I, I really don't like it because I, I don't pull all my data for the Monday night games, but I, because like it's not all available yet, but I think I'm going to take Jarvis Landry, Captain, which like, I hate, but I, I get it. Baltimore is really not as good as they seem and have been in previous years. Yeah, I don't mind. I mean, Jarvis Landry has been kind of a target monster ever since Odell went out. Um, and yeah, I think he always has the volume uh, to get there. And you basically need him. He's going to catch balls. You just need him to get that touchdown uh, to end up in the captain spot. It's going to be upsetting when Baker is the captain and he throws to like four dudes like Kadaryl Hodges out. It's going to be guys you don't even know are on the roster who's going to throw these touchdowns too. And, and Baker keeps getting there every week. And I like he's one of my he's one of my least favorite. He's like one of my biggest blind spots of the year, I feel like. Yeah, I, I haven't played him in DFS at all. I don't have him on any season-long teams because he seems... I mean, when I say it out loud, it's like, well, you should be playing that guy in DFS more because it's like a guy who feels like he get you five points or 40 points, which is what we want in tournaments. But he never projects that well either. Like, projection systems never show, like, a huge ceiling projection for him. And then he has these games where he just looks like the second coming of Peyton Manning, and you're like, oh, yeah, maybe I should have. Yeah, it's it's one of those things hard to pinpoint down. But if you get the Baker Mayfield right uh, weeks right, then more power to you guys out there. But that's it for Splash Play this week. So Pete, give the plugs here. Obviously, people can follow us at Chris Spags at Peter Peter Overzet. We have uh, two of the best handles in the biz, I would say. But anything else you want to plug? <laughs> um, yeah, I'll, I have my usual. I'll be on my YouTube channel tomorrow at 10 a.m. Eastern, uh, breaking down this slate. I now realize, like, when things go good, it's great because I do tilt space and then I come on and do splash play and then I review my lineup. When it's the morning, I just have to like take a bath in my own shit over and over and over. And then I'm like, is is week 15 here yet? I'm done. I'm done. We got to also, uh, this actually, like, I feel like a, an, an on-show meeting, but we have to plan our little drunk show because I feel like that's the thing that I want to make sure we put a pin on and and uh, the schedule-wise with Christmas, like, I don't know how that all works. Yeah, we should do it around, I'm, I'm, I'm actually taking uh, most of that week off for my day job, so I will have some more flexibility. I thought for... you were saying, by the way, I'm not doing shows week 16, suck, <laughs> suck whatever you can. <laughs> <laughs> that that would be a very interesting time to pull the plug on doing 10 shows a week. Uh, but no, yeah, I'm just saying I will have some flexibility for a drunken show around the holidays. So, right, so Christmas Eve is actually the Thursday of that week. So I don't know what uh, is, I don't know if Thursday night football will exist. I presume it will. Or is that, or does it stop this year? The schedule is so fucking it, weird where I don't know normally, what normally It normally stops because I want to say too, don't they always around then like shift come to Saturday game? Yeah. yeah. Because when college football ends and the monopoly thing can go on and they can, yeah, they can yeah. go back. We'll we'll figure it out. But I feel like that week though we should target like the twenty fourth through New Year's. Like that should be the week that we're gonna do. Um, I think what we 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 discussed was doing a holiday drunken show, and I feel like to me it'd be funny if we did eggnog, but but a little too likely to vomit. I think would be our concern of just volume wise. So I. I would love an excuse to drink a lot of eggnog. I I love eggnog so much, and I always like try to show moderation. But if I had an excuse to drink a lot of eggnog, uh, I would take advantage. So of me, it. that's the thing is that we do like that Thursday, whatever the Thursday show is for Christmas Eve, or I don't know, uh, but no, because no, we would do after. So that's that's the tough part is that we wouldn't be doing until 
after whatever that Thursday game is. We'll figure it out. But I think that we'll, week though, we'll we should do we should do an eggnog show and hopefully not throw up on ourselves on camera. Or if we do, do it in a way that um, the floor is tarped and we're not ruining our rugged carpet. But <laughs> like last week, where we we were stopped recording and I spilled a beer all over the floor as I was talking to. People. Oh, oh yeah, I forgot about that. I was exporting the video, so I couldn't see your screen. I just heard you like cussing and, and noises everywhere. Yeah, I, I had opened a beer that somehow got shook up in the shipping process from Tavor, a great company, and um, it spilled all over my my rug, my carpeted uh, studio room that I didn't want to be carpeted, but that's the choice we have. Either we'll figure it out. So keep your eyes peeled. We have fun stuff coming down here. The stretch. That's what we're trying to do here on Splash Play. Make it fun every single week. So make sure you're subscribed and hitting that like button on YouTube and hit giving us five stars and review on apple Podcasts. check out peach stream follow at peter overs at check out uh my everything check check out my only fans but follow me at chris spags and we'll be back with you guys on thursday after thursday night football with a fun guest so enjoy your weeks and uh have a good monday night football and good luck